Tonight's episode of Tech Talk Taco Tuesday was a little bit different than others. There's a, a good amount of racers on tonight's show, and they talk about 2021 Dakar and what it takes to get to race it. And Johnny Campbell talks about the race behind the race. And I think he calls it the Worlds. Not completely sure. And also the new technology for protection in Dakar. And that's what you want to expect on tonight's show. Hey, Logan, you know how you're always hearing that recluses are for old dudes? Yeah. Well, that's not really the case. Recluses make you a better rider. Why? Because they're like an auto clutch. It is an auto clutch. It's like you don't have to do any of the work. It does all the work for you. So whenever somebody says, oh, yeah, those are for old dudes, I just laugh and say, it's because you've never used one before or you're chicken. Do you want to be a better rider? Yeah. Okay. How would you find out about that? Uh, You can find them at www.recluse.com. And how you spell it is R-E-K-L-U-S-E. That's www.recluse.com, and uh, it'll make you a better rider out on the trail. So now here's the show. It's uh, 7.01. We're only a minute late, Ricky. Uh, And uh, this is the show we call Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. It's your favorite weekly motorcycle show where we don't talk about racing. We don't acknowledge racers. We just talk about your motorcycle and motorcycle product-related questions. Is that correct, Logan? Yes. Yeah. So Logan is my co-host. He's been doing this for how many? 70 70 shows now, you're guessing? 35? 20? I don't Uh, remember. I think 60. You talk twice as much, which is really good because in this show, I'm probably going to need to be drinking a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, we have a lot of guests here tonight in the house. Um, Probably... Quite possibly more Baja 1000 winners in one single place than most places, unless it's like some sort of ceremony for Baja 1000 winners, right? Right? I think so. I'm just checking. C. Yeah, C. That's what that's what I heard. Uh, there are probably there's only one guy in here that's gotten third place in Dakar. It's just. That's that's me. <laughs> I'm tooting my own horn because this is my show and I can talk about whatever I want. Uh, but anyways, thanks everybody for joining in. Um, the the thing is, is pretty soon this, there's going to be some guy walking in with a bunch of tacos, and he's going to be really bummed out when um, he doesn't get to be a co-host right away. So we're going to have to play up on that. But since you're in this room, this is the rules here. You will get to come on to this show. You need to kind of appear on the show for different reasons. So. Um, without the the most, I'm sure everybody really wants to have my new co-host on Tech Talk Taco Tuesday, Ricky Brabeck, the guy who won last year's, not this year's, but last year's Dakar, who hates doing media. Look at him shake his head. Come on, we got a, We got a seat right over here for you. Already up. Already up. We're starting. <laughs> we're starting up with the guy. Remember, you got You got to. You got to pay off. You got to pay off those sponsors. The sponsorship doesn't come free. You think just winning races is all you need to do, and uh, which is true. You know, when you win, when I was a journalist and I had to interview guys that won, they could be real dicks to me. I hate to use that word, but that's you know, because they're winning, and they, they that's their job, and that's what they're supposed to do. But when you get second place, all of a sudden you have to start doing things like appearances and sponsor reads. But nobody really, at that point, I'm being mean here, Ricky, nobody wants to talk to you when you get second place. Your phone's not ringing like it was last year, right? 
No, I'm not complaining about that one bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I got it. See, my producer here um, had, had me work on your mic. You're not complaining anymore, right? Just check. I'm checking sound levels. No, I'm not complaining one bit. Good. Okay. Uh, so I'm doing trying to do this thing over here. So because you're uh, the Honda guy, and Honda support, proudly supports the show, and Logan said you couldn't do this very good, so there's some words on this paper. <laughs> Right over there. The, the bolded spot. The bolded thing right there. You got, you've got to read this. The bolded spot? Yeah. yeah. That's the bold the, lettering? The bold lettering. Yeah, you start right up there at the top. You want me to read this whole thing? Yeah, that whole thing. It takes 30 seconds. It's called a 30-second right read. Right mm -hmm. there, yeah. Honda's new 2021 CRF 450R is designed to take you straight from straight from the starting gate to the victory circle. This... Awesome open class motocrosser features an all new chassis, major engine overhaul, new suspension, uh, new bodywork, and you cannot forget about the clutch fade. Or and you can forget about the clutch. Forget fade. about that clutch fade. Yeah, adjustment or hand fatigue with the new hydraulic clutch system. Lighter than ever, the CRF 450R explodes out of the corners when it's time to increase your lead. You got some nice words going on here, Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> so get on down to your local dealer and check out the new 2021 Honda CRF 450R. Go to mx.honda.com to see our full lineup of competition bikes. The CRF 450R is intended for close course operation only. Wow. That was good, huh, Logan? Yeah. <laughs> I freaked. I, I got a little shy, yeah. a little scared. No, that's that. that's that's like good. That. So now you've paid your penance. Now we can talk about whatever you want to talk about. Who's next on the show? <laughs> <laughs> All day long. He's been pawning this off. But I'm sure out there in... I get um, suckered into this thing every Tuesday I'm here. <laughs> I know. Why do you think we always schedule the rally training over Tuesdays, right? Yeah. yeah poor, Andrew's fault. Yeah, Andrew's, <laughs> Andrew doesn't want to be on either. <laughs> so, um, anyways, uh, thanks for uh, uh, coming on, Ricky. Uh, I'm sure everybody uh, wants to know about you know, this year's Dakar. And, and I told him, I, when I talked to you, like most of us, like, you know, real humans, regular people would be pretty stinking stoked to get second place in Dakar. I know I would have, um, cause it was better than third, but you're probably not happy. No, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm happy now, but at the yeah. time, at the time during Dakar, obviously we were really close and it was definitely there, like, um, arms, arms length away. And, Four minutes, uh, right? No, that's fifty seconds at one point. <laughs> oh, yeah. And um, yeah, it was it. It sucked for sure uh, coming home uh, with a second after being fifty seconds away from the lead. But uh, unfortunately, um, if you keep winning stages, you have to open the next day. And uh, yeah, I had to open one of the longest days of the rally, and it kind of bit me in the ass. But it. I mean, I mean, it's it's funny because you you I, I know I know because been a racer and. I think this is what probably a lot of people at home, you, you know, they, they, you know, when you say this, we feel this. I mean, as a fan, you, oh, because everybody wanted you to bring it back a second time. And I know you did. And I know how hard you trained. So what I would do right now is completely blame it on your support staff. Like, <laughs> like your, your, I, I would blame it on your motorhome driver. And what did you do, Kendall? The motorhome championships, dude. Huh? 
Support? Yeah. yeah. Blame it on support. Do, support. Do, do not blame it on your rally training guy. That much. Because I'll, I'll, I'll take some, I'll take some responsibility. <laughs> uh, no, but it, 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 it's funny. You know, when the guys get on the podium and say it's a team effort, it like on, on at that level, when you're racing at any high level where it's motocross, supercross, rally racing, any kind of thing like that, there's a, there's a lot of team effort in it. And I mean, you, unfortunately you're the guy that's put on the pedestal and you're the one that has to do all the stuff, but you should blame everybody else. <laughs> like your tires, you got to blame your tires and. And uh, no, I said something no. about the tires and the organization got mad at you. Yeah, Th- that is a stupid rule. Well, it wasn't really a rule, but like our or, team, our team manager guy said that the, the, they well, want they wanted me to, to delete it or something off the Instagram because I was but, talking crap about. But the that tire rule. that I I don't know I I think for a, from a safety standpoint that was a bad. Decision. I don't know. Yeah. I and I can say whatever I want, right? And you. I mean, you have. You, you can say whatever you want, but they they they're trying. They're really trying to make the rally safer. In net net, they're trying to make it safer. I raced one of these death machines. I mean, a twin cylinder bike, and it wasn't a death machine. It was dependent on how I worked the throttle. It could be the safest bike in the rally, depending on how I worked the throttle. But when I'm racing, I'm going to, I'm going to pin it. I'm gonna I'm gonna go as fast as I possibly can limiting tire like a tire strategy you know they it's dangerous it's just plain dangerous i mean because the the tire especially the rear tire is used to control the bike when you're trying to slow down (laughs) in in a lot of ways or ride it in a straight line yeah or ride it in a straight line and uh the fact that you could change mooses inside of a used horribly used tire like that's kind of that's just sort of crazy because i don't know there's lots of different things make more marathon stages that would maybe slow some stuff down but it obviously I don't know. I mean, it didn't slow Toby down <laughs> when, no, he, when he that, when he had a tire blown out the side of his out of the side of his bike, and they zip tied it and glued it together and whatever yeah, they did. Another thing is like everyone thought that Toby's tire wasn't going to make it, and I mean, yeah, it, it was pretty sketchy looking at what he did, and I knew <laughs> I knew from experience zip ties aren't going to work. Like they yeah. don't they don't work that good. They but work. They use they use metal bands, right? Yeah, but he still didn't do the whole stage with. The zip tie is staying on his wheel. He yeah. had to ride 200-something kilometers in the morning on the highway. So that alone is going to break the zip ties off. Yeah. And then, uh, I mean, we rode really fast, and he got second, I think, in yeah, the, he that was... day. And he said he tried saying that he was just cruising. Like, no, because <laughs> me and Nacho were going wide open the whole entire day. Yeah. So, um well, when does that guy ever just cruise? Yeah, never. Exactly. <laughs> he doesn't have that speed. <laughs> so, uh, it was it was uh, it was gut wrenching. I mean, it was it was like the first the struggles in the first week and the you know the learning the new you know they definitely emphasized navigation and and that was that played into how everything worked and that whole seesaw or what what were you guys calling it seesaw yo yo at the front huh rubber band rubber band at the front yeah. And uh, yeah, everyone everyone was losing time. Doesn't matter who started in the front; they would lose fifteen minutes. Yeah, and it's different. It's a just a, it was just a different rally, and that's the thing about rally. And so, what we the reason Ricky's out here, and the reason um, Jake Albright's out here, and Kendall Norman's out here, and a few other guys are out here with us, is that is that we're doing a kind of a rally training thing, and sort of an in, I call it rally one hundred and one, and it's it's just to refresh the guys that have been here and doing this, it's to refresh on the basics and 
um, for some of the newer guys to like learn all of the things that that you need to know in order to eventually navigate fast. So we got to <laughs> we're out here playing around with you know learning how to do stuff and relearning how to do stuff. And you know, Ricky told me, what did you tell me last night? <laughs> That you didn't, that you never took this class oh, before. Yeah, I never took this class before. You've taken it. I don't remember it. <laughs> That's good. You're back. <laughs> yeah. And it's been a long time. Probably. Yeah. No, you had you had to have taken all this stuff because I wouldn't have. We wouldn't have done been doing the advanced stuff unless you kind of understood the basics. Which at some point you kind of have to roll back and learn the the really. I mean, I have to do it a lot of times, even just with riding stuff. I have to go. Why am I struggling with this? And I have to. Learn the basics. By the way, if George was here, as you tell me, that should be a plug for my school or something, whatever I do, my my day job. <laughs> um, everybody's saying Ricky Burbeck's uh, speaker's down. His speaker's down. Uh-oh, here comes the tacos. Uh, it's not as loud as us, so no, I'll no. try to turn him up more. I can give him a little bit more. Dang, I'm going to be in the center spotlight. You want to switch? Nope. You sure? Yeah, I'm doing great. You want to do another read? No, no. No. <laughs> no, the next one's for another brand. You can't do it. Yeah, can't do it. <laughs> so, um, do you have questions for him, Logan? Um, yeah, if you have any questions for Ricky, you got to get him out of the way quick because he, he, only, he only guaranteed me like uh, 20 minutes of uh, on-air time tonight. Dude, the last taco talk tech talk <laughs> show, whatever this is. Hey, last time was like two hours and 17 minutes that I was on the show. Yeah, you came in on one of the early ones at Ramiro's, didn't you? No, oh yeah, yeah, I did one at Ramiro's. Yeah, one at Ramiro's, like yeah. in the early in the early days. And there and the when you were still in the teens, I think. Yeah, the cave caveman <laughs> of check. You need some tequila, by the way? No. No, yeah. Smart guy. <laughs> I was gonna I got ask a big what, day tomorrow. I don't know what I'm doing yet. You're you're gonna you're gonna do the 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 road book. The sweep, kind of the sweep part of the road book, but um you have to open when you know how you know how we have the practices where we always send the novices out front so they make bad lines. Yeah. <laughs> Did the guys hear that? <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> you said you were so that, that's if, if you're if you're listening and, and we're we're gonna get we're gonna get every national hare and hound champion on here as well. Oh wait, you have to give me twenty more minutes because you're a national hare and hound champion. Yeah, but like back in the day. Yeah. Well, we don't talk about that anymore. <laughs> it's a it's a stepping stones. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Ricky. <laughs> um, I've never done one of those. I won like a one twenty five class or something, but uh, that doesn't count. Um, there's a couple now. There's a couple questions. Okay. Dang, what's <laughs> what's the questions? Um. What's up with the paper na navigation on Descartes? Seems like the GPX navigation is on King of the Motos would be safer. Cheaper and easier to implement. I guess that wasn't really one. No, that no, that's that's a that's a. I think King of the Motos. You just follow an arrow. <laughs> yeah, it's in not. A line. So, um, I might know something about this because <laughs> I was the, used to be the race director before I quit. Um, so the the Dakar Nally rally Dakar Nally. rally Nally <laughs> Dakar Nally. rally navigation is map book navigation, and so it's like it's almost like. If you don't know what the map book looks like, it looks like a dual sport ride roll chart, but very complicated from there. 
and and when you, and they do not get a quote GPX track log. There's no, they're not following an arrow on on a on a screen. They're reading paper instructions. Um, somebody want to grab me like a Kendall has books. Kendall, you got a map book roll in your hand or something? Um, George, I'll uh, hold it up. I'll hold it up for the screen. Um, yeah, that one will work. Um, it's it's way more complicated than than just following a GPX. But this is what. It, and and I promise you that if you give these guys an arrow and a and a and a line to follow it on a map, it would not be safer. There'd be because that's the way the open arrow ones are, like in Dubai and stuff, and in yeah, the dunes. That's, that's yeah, that's crazy fast. <laughs> yeah, look, there's a guy telling you it's crazy. So hold, Logan, hold that sucker up and kind of aim it at the the screen. So Logan's going to show you what a what a map book looks like. Um, it would. If it was just chasing a, an arrow, it would not be the race that it is because nobody would really get lost and this skills of navigation wouldn't uh, wouldn't be all that popular. Um, I don't think it would be. I What would a Dakar like be if it was an open arrow rally? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, think it, I think people would still get lost if it's anything like that Garmin... Oh, the thing, whatever the training, training you'd do. be doing, <laughs> if it's anything like that, that'd be miserable. Well, no, it's not like that. That's way harder. That's that's meant to be difficult. The the. Uh, but you saw it's the same thing. But you, you still have you, to you, make a turn on to. But on 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 like King of the Motos, when you go off course, your arrow goes off the line, and you know you're off course. You just go back to the line, and and so same thing. Imagine just going through the desert, and you you're just going, you're pinning, you're going the fastest way, and you notice you're off the line. It's like, oh, there's the line. I'm going to go over here and go back to it. It'd be so so simple. And the problem with that is all of a sudden you get it's so easy to navigate. You start looking, you start looking down too much, and then you have a problem. And this is why all the guys complain at King of the Motors. They're like, it's so hard to navigate because <laughs> because they can't they can't go full race speed. Yeah, they gotta go slow. You gotta, you've gotta look, you gotta budget the time to look down at the, at the thing. So I don't think that that's a, um, I don't think that that's a, a an issue, um, or something that's gonna make it safer. But I think if, like even if you had like an arrow, it'd be like being in an off road car with a Lawrence, you know, like a GPS, like Baja. Yeah, yeah. It's, it becomes yeah, it becomes that, which is totally different, completely yeah. too. So what's our next one, Logan? Um, what moose did Ricky use in the Dakar? How many hours would they put on them before changing? Moose? Yeah. Oh, we use the Michelin mooses, and depends. We we change the mooses every day, so it could be from eight hours to eleven hours, typically. Um, how can you breathe all the that dust and not have respiratory issues? <laughs> I want to know. I want to know the same thing, but not from Riley. There's, there's more, more dust in, in District Thirty Seven. There's more dust in District Thirty Seven, or off road car racing, or <laughs> anything else. Because in the in the Dakar or any rally, you start with three minute gaps, so it's very rare that you're in dust. But I wonder the same thing after all these years racing motorcycles. I, I flat track dust behind me yesterday. Oh, <laughs> George! George is throwing up all kinds of dust in the street tire <laughs> in the flat track yesterday. Yeah. So Ricky got a new GoPro, and what are you going to start doing? Vlogging? You got you got Ricky vlogs? Yeah. Well, we're going to try, uh-huh. but I don't have patience to to do, necessarily do this all the time. I'll bet you you could get Logan to edit those for you. Perfect. You just are you bored almost all the time. 
Yeah. Yeah, because because if you get good at that, then you got to get mine up quicker. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll like. Uh, yeah, I don't pay him that much. You can get him kind of cheap. He's good. <laughs> he'll he'll learn how to do it. And if he can't do it, his sister will. She's probably on it, right? You know how to do that video editing stuff. Got it all dialed in. Kind of yeah. Say yeah, and they then you, then they you don't know. and you get. The, <laughs> yeah, it's just pushing buttons on a phone. <laughs> uh. You know, you know what else? You you have you don't, shouldn't you be pumping your t-shirts? Your t-shirts. Dude, I don't, I'm not even around. I'm not doing that right so now. So I was wondering why I didn't have one. Like I had to wear my own t-shirt. I had to pump jimmylewisoffroad.com. Dude, we pumped you up on Instagram all day today. Oh, you did? Yeah. I wasn't you should check it. Oh, is that where how do I do that? You go on your Instagram, dude. Logan, how come you didn't advise me that I should be checking my Instagram? Like George was supposed to do this, but he's more worried about tacos and tequila. Which is okay. He's worried it's, about flat track, dude. Oh, on that sl- sketchy tire. We were going to go live from the flat track tonight, weren't we? I don't know, but we could do it. Yeah, we should have. Okay. Way cooler. Dude, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. You need a deck out there with your Tech Talk Talk with Tuesdays on the deck with motos in the background and then some big old lights, dude. Tomorrow, Wednesday. Wednesday, Wednesday freaking Tech Talk, dude. You're going to build the, you'll build the deck with all that wood that's out there? <laughs> you do? Yeah, way cheaper. Oh man, it's, and it's mobile. Don't give me any bad ideas. He could do tech talk on the lake bed. Okay, Kyle McCoy has a question. Um, what is the biggest difference, note wise, between this year and last year's rally? Triple cap one note. Yeah, basically it was triple cap one note, or sometimes having two caps on one note. With more meters, that would equal, or with meters, that would equal more than the next note would even line up to. Hey, you're starting to talk that weird language. I know. That nobody understands. I don't even, I didn't really even understand what I said, but hopefully it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I know what you said. We know. <laughs> the, so there's the, 1,000 meters in a kilometer, right? Right. So when they put three notes basically in one note, they would say in X amount of meters, but that X amount of meters could be 200 meters. So if they put at 200 meters, do this, and then at 600 meters, do that, and then that's 800, at, and then, and then at 300 th- more, and then 300 more, do this, do this, and but, the next note comes up, but the next note is less than what they just told you to do, so it becomes really confusing. You didn't wander around enough meters in between the note. You should be you should be going yeah. You should be doing some S turns. Did we do right? that drill in the dry lake today? The wandering around between the cone to figure out how to how to make more distance and less distance. We we have a drill for that. (laughs) I couldn't figure out how to make more distance and and less distance. Yeah. So you blame your trainer. Yeah. That's what I would do. (laughs) Soft road. Joe asks, uh, how do you like the tire rules? And will they be the same next year? Uh, Yeah, the tire rule, I think, is the stupidest thing ever. (laughs) And the organization knows that, especially for me. And I don't know if it's going to be the same next year. Did did any did any top riders like that rule? No, I don't think anyone liked that rule. Any nobody. And it was it only the elite riders that were held to that rule? Yeah. It was only elite riders. Yeah. yeah. I I I should send David Castor my opinions too. You know, not that he cares, but um he did beat me one year. He took me off the podium. It sucked. <laughs> <laughs> I think it wasn't Dave Castera that had that rule. I think it was the FIA. Really? Yeah, I don't. I, I don't understand that because you know. And anyways, People I mean, I don't ride motorcycles. Made the rule. 
Oh, that, that makes perfect sense then. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what does Chris Real, Chris Real, Real, what does Chris Real want to know? I like saying Real. It sounds more, sounds more sophisticated. <laughs> um, how much water and fluids did you consume in a day on the bike? Uh, yeah, we're supposed to carry three liters of water on us, but I mean, you. I don't really drink that much water when I'm riding because I'm just not. I don't know. I don't, I don't do that. I'd rather have the water for safety if I break down. But uh, I couldn't really tell you how much like water I drank in a day. Um, as far as snacks, I tried to eat as much as I could. So sometimes I can range from a granola bar to beef jerky to peanut butter to some gummy bears, some electrolytes. Man, you got it. all that stuff on the rally, dude. In one little tiny sandwich bag, and we, I bring it from my house. Oh, you bring it from you brought yeah. it. Dude, we I when I rode, I had like like poo poo in a can, like this poo poo stuff. Yeah, it's tuna. Yeah, it's like, but it was worse than that because it was out in the desert. It'd been a truck. It was 110 degrees all day, and then and then you had like some chips that turned into dust and some cookies that were like rocks. Rumbles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Man, this rally's getting a little getting a little soft. The rally's getting right, soft. What? Rally, there's getting a little soft. The old rally. Yeah, they're, they're eating. He's bringing gourmet food with him on the rally. It's way too soft. Motorhomes. <laughs> motorhomes. We'll, we'll talk about, we'll get the motorhome champions in here, too. Oh, that, oh, they don't know if they even got the world championship. There was a, it was a heated battle every day. There was, there, was there, was dis- <laughs> there was a dispute about the motorhome championships? <laughs> they only won a couple stages, apparently, from what I heard. <laughs> uh, what does Bobby Coleman want to know? Um, how does a highly controlled event happen to have water in the fuel what's the inside story old ass drums i don't know i don't really know but i'm thinking i'm thinking they had an old old drum that they're getting the fuel out of. or they, that was the that was the first one that they sucked out of the tanker into the drum and it was you know just just like normal water like water condenses and fuel yeah, yeah condensation condenses and fuel or you know maybe that was the first one that they filled up the drum because Kind of explain the explain the fuel stop how how it was with all the different there's like fuel stations but they were out of fifty five gallon drums. No, they're out of tankers. So oh. like you get up to the middle of the desert and it's like out of a tanker truck with a hose running through the bottom of the truck like the belly. And so Andrew just happened to pull up to a different truck. All, no, we all had we all it was one truck. Oh, it was a single truck. Yeah, because he said he went to a different guy. He said he thought he was the first guy. But the, the first truck one has to go to like a, three pumps off of it. Oh, so it might have been a different segment in the truck. Yeah, maybe like the hose was full of water. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, and he because got that was just after him. So in the same from the same guy. Uh, there was only a, I don't know. There's a couple. There's like three guys or four guys at one truck. Yeah, that the hoses are all coming out of. So I don't know. Maybe like the hose. It maybe the hose that he got was like a brand new. hose. So we, you went to the same it. guy that Andrew did. Well, I don't know if it's the same guy, but oh. the same truck. Same truck. I was just checking to see if Andrew took all the water for you. He's a nice guy. No, he was a couple <laughs> minutes ahead of me, but I don't know if he's the same guy, but was, I think it was the same truck. Yeah. Man, that that whew, that must have sucked. I mean, I know it sucked. I, and, and he held his head up pretty damn high for that. Yeah, and he flew home the next day, and then the day he flew home, he was already going on the motocross track, dude. <laughs> he didn't get enough riding in. No, heck no. Yeah, no. It took him a few we, more days. We, it, it took him a few days to get home because I talked to him yeah. a couple of times, and he was he, you know, I because I heard some interviews he did and stuff like that, and he, you know, just Andrew's the nicest guy, super nice, and like 
you could tell how just he wanted to, he was not, and yeah. he got robbed. I mean, it, and but you think about it in the grand scheme of it, you know, the, the for them to, to, to neutralize the race after that happened, because he was really the only one that was super affected by it. And you can't just insert someone back in the rally because then it's, it's different and it's, you know, I've I've seen other guys have you know been victims of that, like Stefan Peter Hansel in the year first year I did the rally. He same thing got fuel, and he managed to nurse his bike in, but he lost a ton of time, and he just quit. He just like said screw this and I quit because he knew he couldn't. You know, all he was there to do was win. He was that guy. He could just win, and there's no reason to start with a three hour deficit and kind of yeah. keep going. But yeah, it was kind of it was kind of a shame for Andrew because I know how. You you see how much he works on his bike. He knows how to work on that bike. We actually we watched him when oh, he, when when he was here training when when he got when the gas cap fell off and he got dirt in his thing. I know he knows his fuel systems because we watched him take the tank off and clean everything out and do all that stuff. And so man, that yeah, was he a, was saying he did like he wired what he had wired his fuel pump. He wired the battery. Diff, he had or something. different fuel pumps to get it to pump. Yeah. And, and you know it'd pop and fire every once and and it. it I can only imagine, like, you know, I can, I just can put myself in that situation where you think you can fix it and you can't, and it, and you don't know why, and and at that point, you know, the bikes, the gas is shook up and mixed up, and yeah, oh, poor guy. So, uh, okay, what's our next question, Logan? Um, Curly Stoker, maybe Dakar could take lessons from Logan, rider op- operation. Rider operating the bike, girl passenger is the na- navigator. Then you go f- full fast and get the navigation girl. Win win. Um, we have a navigation girl here. Yeah, she's gonna be on the show later. That's what I'm talking about. Right. Save your question. All right. Save your questions because we we have our our new newest expert navigator. <laughs> is going to answer. If you have navigation questions, you just have to hold them for a little while. And uh, when Sarah Price gets on this show, she will answer. She'll take all of your navigation, motorcycle navigation questions uh, for sure. Um, but Logan, what do you think about that idea? Um, sounds like FIA, FIA will get mad. <laughs> the FIA is not going to approve this. Probably not. No, you you need to start making the rules and start sending them, like, you know, letters. Yeah. Yeah. So, you think his girlfriend would be a good navigator? Yes. Yeah? Really? Mm -hmm. Wow. We'll have to test you. I got a small small rally. We got the times from the guys today. I'll give you that same map book. So, I'll give you the iPad. She just rides in the back, you know, holding the iPad, however you guys do it. I don't know. I ran into him. I was, like, riding. I was driving my UTV. Me and Heather were driving the UTV. And we're like kind of bouncing across the desert, and there was these kids. You could see these people on motorcycles sitting there. We kind of went bouncing by, and and he he even heard me. I go, I think that was Logan, because <laughs> there was there was, and you were there too, right? Yeah, yeah, you were there with your boyfriend. I think so. Oh, so you're part of this double up ride, double on the bike out <laughs> with the dirt bikes club, right? Yeah, I remember that. Oh yeah, so I went bouncing by, and I'm like. Because it was funny because I saw orange KTMs, and I know Logan has a black KTM, but I saw orange KTMs and younger kids on it. I'm like, I'm like, oh, look, they're out there riding with their girlfriends. And it's like, yeah, I think that was Logan, but he has he has a black one. Oh, I think that's Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why we're joking about this. If you don't know what the joke is, uh, I ran across Logan and his girlfriend and his sister and his her boyfriend out. They were out. I think they were doing smooching. 
No, there was no smooching going on? I know the helmet. The, the helmet's getting the way, right? Yeah, okay, good. Just just stick with that story. We weren't smooching, we had our helmets on. They did have their helmets on. I do I do know this. Yeah. The helmets were on, so they were locking they were locking full face helmets. <laughs> so uh Okay, what's the what's the what are we at next? Uh, Rusty Nail, tell us a little about the stop to help the downrider. Is it difficult to get your rhythm back afterwards? Uh, yeah, sometimes it's definitely hard to get your rhythm after you see like your friend on the ground. Um, I think it would be the same in any situation, whether it's motorsports or normal sports you know it, it always sucks to see someone hurt um you know in the same competition that you're in so this isn't my first time coming up on a, a downed rider or hurt one and you know we do the best we can as as far as you know calling the organization and pushing like your rescue button on your bike uh, sometimes it takes 10 minutes or eight minutes sometimes it takes three minutes it just depends on where you're at on the course um you know but you sit there and you wait until everything's okay and you're you're able to leave, but it's definitely slow going as you uh, leave the scene. Yeah, how in in but that's the one thing I always was amazed with at Dakar is the response time, the safety response time. You think about like if you had a crash like that in Baja, yeah, no. <laughs> it's like like good luck. Yeah, exactly. you know, even, even a hare and hound, and they really try to do stuff. You know, it's like well, hare and hound is there's hare and hound would be they don't have a helicopter with a doctor in it. They don't have, well, they, they have a helicopter, but how are you going to get your body from wherever you are to, to where the helicopter to the is? Helicopter, you know? like yeah. An ambulance ain't well, yeah, some, to Sometimes they'll move it and land it and everything yeah. like that. But, but it's like the, the, just the whole infrastructure of the Dakar is so, you know, they are really built around safety and they, they do their best. And that's, that's why, you know, I'm blown away by the tire thing. It, but, yeah. but at the same time, you know, we can kind of keep going back on that all the time. Uh, got another one. Um, Danny Turner, what do you see heart rate wise during the rally? Oh, he ain't gonna tell you. Uh, it depends. <laughs> if you're if you're riding through the dunes, your heart rate might be. I, it all depends on where you're at in starting position. Yeah. <laughs> if you're riding up front, like if you're opening, for sure your heart rate's gonna be pretty high up there because you're just nervous and scared. But if you're riding in the back, then it's a little bit more relaxed. I mean, honestly, your heart rate's higher at a Grand Prix or a Heron Hound. Or a best on desert race or ball than it would be for a rally. Yeah, Not, you always want to swear heart rate monitors, but I'd be like, dude, I bet you my heart rate's like one forty to one sixty. <laughs> I want to, I want it. I, I try to get him to wear a heart rate monitor because I want to see where his heart rate is when he makes a navigation mistake. I just say, oh shit, <laughs> uh, we got to turn around now. See Johnny, we got to get the heart rate monitor in the program. <laughs> he won't do it. Yeah, there was there had to be some through the roof out rates, right? Oh, this Dakar, yeah, because I was so <laughs> pissed off. <laughs> well, then we have to simulate that, <laughs> which is going to hurt me as much as it hurts you. <laughs> uh, next, um, Tom Cop Copy Copy. Uh, what what do you Coipi. think? Copy Copy Co. Co-P-K. Co-P-K. Kopek. You want to try to spell it? Say it. It's K-O-E-P-K-E. 
We, we're, we're big into the pronunciations here on this Koki? show. I don't know. <laughs> Koki? Okay, Tom. Uh, Sorry, bud. <laughs> we're in prompt. Um, what Not do you... much school here. <laughs> well, that's obvious, right, Logan? Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, what do you think about the TechFest performance after the simulations in this year's rally? The TechFest is... Um, uh, from Alpine Star, I'm confident that it's way advanced than any other thing out there because when I came up on Toby Price, um, yeah, he started three minutes ahead of me, and I'm not sure how long he was on the ground before I got to him, but his his vest was still aired up, and I was, like, a little bit scared because it never, like, deflated. Yeah. Um, but the Alpine Star one, for sure, on me, it's blown up one time in the sand dunes when me and Kendall were out there training before uh, we left. Uh, you know, it's. Did you hit the ground? Yeah, I did a full, complete front flip. <laughs> the bike just stuck in the sand, and I just went. Yeah. But no, it was good. I mean, it's scary. It's loud, for sure. Yeah. But I don't. I mean, I don't. I feel like we can have more protection from plastic pieces and like rubber around us rather than just an airbag on our chest. And spine. Yeah, they're, it's 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 kind of cool to see they're they're working on different things and trying trying this stuff. I know you know there's a couple different companies. Climb who supports the show is working on one. They have one for street bikes, you know, and and there's there's the ones Alpine Stars has those crazy ones that work in the yeah. MotoGP and and it's it's good to see that they're at least they're forward thinking. Hey, what's the next level we can do this and it'll get better and better as they learn more and more because they every time it goes off they download the data that you guys basically give them back. You're you're. Pretty good crash test dummy. Me? Yeah. My bike didn't touch the ground once in that car. You're expe- no, 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 no. In in the practice crash. Oh yeah. Yeah. You're an expensive crash test dummy. They should just give them to me. I can like remember that belly flop I did last day of rally training. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. a belly flop. It was back in flop. The slowest part of the whole road book. You went blowing by me, and I wasn't going to try to keep up or anything like that. But like then you and Kendall are wondering where I'm at. Could be like dying out in the desert. But I yeah. made it. Was that on the borrowed bike too? Oh, I bought that bike now. You didn't hear about this. You didn't hear about this. So, so I borrowed a bike because my bike made a ticky ticky noise, bad ticky ticky noise. So, um, I traded it. I upgraded to. I went from a 2014 to a what year is that? 2020, Jim. 2020 KTM. It's it's a one from Portugal. Yeah, six days edition. Oh, who knows what six days is? It says Portugal on it. So. So Jim has the Portugal, and I said, hey, Jim, can I borrow the Portugal? Johnny's laughing because he was there. He saw the exchange, and I, I abandoned all the road books. I said, I'm going to go open air. I'm going to go GPS because I had the track log, and I quickly loaded it into his GPS just so I could follow GPS. it. Because I had no, well, the GPS wasn't, it doesn't work anymore. It's like a little bit off. So I took off, and I was, if you haven't heard this story, I was, I was riding with, because um, uh, Andrew stopped, and it was you and Kendall, right? Yeah. Yeah. And we were going and, you know, doing the Navi and, and uh, training. And then you got to a point where I think you just said, I've had enough. Yeah. No. I mean, it was a really long day, but we went down a really <laughs> shitty river. Oh, yeah, yeah. And my phone died. That was somebody else's road book, right? Yeah. That was Andrew's. Andrew's? Oh, yeah. Andrew's book. Remember? He went down the, the big rocky wash towards Dumont. Right. Okay. My, my rally blitz died. Yeah. So so he and he was doing his thing. So we, we kind of grouped up together and... And I took off, and then they started 
going and somehow they passed me and I'm just cruising along on this brand new 2020 KTM six Portugal. days, Portugal, <laughs> it's Portugal bike. And I, I, I ran out of talent and I ended up flying upside down and cartwheeling and beat myself up. You can listen to tech talk taco Tuesday. What? Like 86, 87, probably. Um, maybe 86, 87. Yeah. Quite, quite possible. 88. 88, maybe 88. I talk about a little bit because I was like gimpy. I kind of like wasn't moving very well. Um, I could use a vest there for sure. But my stuff did pretty good. I had I was wearing some of the foam stuff, the D3O kind of type yeah, foam. So it all happens. So um, no matter what you wear, it's going to hurt somewhere and ride motorcycles. Hey, dangerous. some... Some guy named uh, Jorge Justice says, Ricky is afraid, it's a misspelling there because can't pronounce his name, is afraid of the heart rate monitor as he is afraid of the tire on my flat track bike. <laughs> Are we getting that guy on the show? Um, with uh, George? Yeah. Look, he's standing he's, over there. He's in line. He, he's not. He's not in line. He's like, you, you ever seen like a, a, a lion when it wants to attack? Yeah. Like, except it has a glass of tequila in its hand. It's it's ready to, still, but it's ready to launch over here to get, in, get onto the stage. Oh, he, he might, he, we said we were only going to have Baja 1000 winners on the show tonight, George. Dude, there's so. so many more people here you can interview. Okay. You ready to step <laughs> out? Do we have any other questions for Ricky real quick? Um, you, I mean, someone else can answer too. Those questions? Yeah, I know. They're going to have to. Well, you might have to have you on later. You know, Later. Just to, just to wrap up the questions. Dude, we're at 42 minutes right now. It's going to be a four-hour show. We are. Jeez. Hey, I got a question. I want to know what's going to happen when you go back angry as a second-place, well, first-place loser. <laughs> and Andrew show, shows up after getting robbed of the whole thing. What's Dude, if we put two Americans on the podium, that would be so awesome. Yeah. If we could do that, two Americans on the podium, that'd be sweet. Yeah, that would be that would be good. You got a little work to do. <laughs> got a lot of work to do. A lot, a lot of work to do. It's not easy. No, that's the funny thing is you sit here thinking about how much work it's going to be to get ready for the next one, and then it's I I know, so pretty good. Uh, thanks, Ricky. I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah, let you, you let you sit down. So the next. Up host is gonna be. Um, who's, Jimmy will decide, but it'll be great. Who's who's next? I don't know. We got some freaking two. You got some hair and hound champions in here. Hound champions. You got ball champions. Because we you do ball racers. You got freaking motorhome world championship drivers. <laughs> <laughs> Kendall and Jake, come on over here. Oh, dude, twofers. Yeah. Oh, you guys are gonna love it. Yeah. The questions are gonna be. The questions are coming in, so we're going to switch out of rally mode for a little while, and we're going to we're going to go over to National Hare and Hounds. So we we don't really talk to racers. We don't care about racing on this show because racing is like way overcovered. We want the technical questions that you that you need to know. And so, because Jake, you ride Kawasaki's, right? I do. So you have to work on those a little bit. No. No, they will run forever. Actually, I I I I make. I make jokes about them all the time, but I've, I used to race Kawasaki's too. So did Danny Hamill. He won a lot of damn championships on those things. Um, and then we have Kendall Norman. Hello. So what years did you guys uh, win? Myself. Your, huh? 
His mic oh, was on. Oh, we got to turn Kendall on. Oh, it's usually we turn him off all the time. How's it going, Kendall? You good over there? Yeah, can you hear me? Yep, I can hear you all now. Right. So hello. what years have you guys won your championships? Uh, for me, 2010 and 2018. Whoa. Yeah, and for me, 2019. 2019. So if you guys have any uh, hare and hound questions and stuff like that, Oh, somebody somebody has a real important question. They wanted to know, did you win your championships on a Hoosaberg? <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> Definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Rusty. Yeah, we got it in there. At least there's some Hoosaberg talk on tonight's on tonight's show. Um, but Jake's out here. You're learning uh, learning the ropes of rally. Yeah, I I realized I'm a little fish in a big pond today. It's you're around some rarefied air around here. Yeah, and no, it's super cool. Like, I mean, I wanted to come here. I know, you know, it's one of the best places to go and happy to be here. And like I said, small or small fish, big pond. But, you know, back to the Cowie thing, I uh, I bought my bike on Monday, put all the stuff on Tuesday, Wednesday. The Go. KLX? Yeah. I saw KLX on the on the thing, and I'm like, do they still make those? No. Well, no. they make them in other countries. I don't and I don't know why they don't sell them here. Yeah. They sell them in like Australia, but I mean, it's the same bike. It's super good, super reliable, and um, like I said, bought it Monday, put the stuff on Tuesday, Wednesday, tested it Saturday, came here, and it's working good. Yeah, I have a bunch of friends who still ride those. They. It was so hard to get. It was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh wait, wait. You, you like a KLX four fifty? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you have one? Yeah, they're yeah. they're amazing, and my dad has two, and I feel like we have like a really high percentage of what's left in the United <laughs> States in our garage. Yeah, I remember riding that bike, and it was, it was I was like, this is a pretty good bike. It was a little bit behind the time, but for what it is, just a, it's like a they did a good. It's like a 450x, it's like a really Honda 450x. It's yeah. it's it's the same thing at the at the same you know kind of at the same time, but it just was later than when Honda was Honda was doing it. But yeah, the bike looked. Looked like it worked okay. I don't know. It, it ran. It got you to where you needed to go. We didn't have to. I mean, I didn't, but the bike did. <laughs> so, uh, and by rarefied air, he's talking about like the the experience of Johnny Campbell over here. Like he's done it in the bike, done it in the car. He's got a lot of experience. Brings a lot to the table. Fifty years old. Allegedly, just turned fifty. Um, not really sure what it was his motorhome Dakar World Championship. He's done it in a da- in a in a motorhome. Like that's like car, bike, motorhome and motorhome. More motorhome miles. <laughs> and Kendall, how's things going? Yeah, really good. So Kendall is also doing. He's 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 taking a step back. He was doing a lot of rally training with us because he's he was sort of like on the rally training when you're when you're Ricky Brabeck, you you need to bring a water boy to rally training, and that's kind of what Kendall Kendall was doing the water boy duties. And I liked it because Kendall forgot to take the basic class, but he knew how to do all the advanced stuff without the basic stuff. And then when they would sucker me into going riding with them, I knew that when we got to some technical rally navigation, I could like kind of sneak up on Kendall and and put it to you. But now it's it's all over. My my glory days are completely done. Yeah, now that I'm here with you guys learning the A, B, and Cs. Yeah. He was I doing the alphabet without knowing puzzle what, yeah, together al- a little better. Alphabet without knowing what letters were. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Kendall is uh, s- super awesome because, like, like my my maintenance schedule is sort of as sort of what you call it, as needed, maybe less than needed. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> you definitely fix it when it needs to be fixed. Right. So a couple of years ago, Kendall came and fixed some of my bikes. Like, usually while we were out riding, he'd fix my bikes, and they've stayed the same since then, but now they're all broken, so I, I need you back here to... I mean, the creator of the torture test, I just wouldn't expect much less, you know? you got to really test the product. Yeah, we do that. We, we run it out here. Um, so uh, Shauna Spencer says, Jake, are you swapping over to Rally from Heron Hound or just uh, for fun, something different? For now, um, it's pretty much my full focus. Uh, I did ICE in 2019 when I won my championship, and it, it was a lot to, to do both. And I know this is harder. So if I have to dedicate a year, you know, to really get my base and, like, try to get to the Dakar, I will, you know, and I want to give it my all and, like, just not spread myself too thin, I guess. So for now, um, like I missed my first round two weeks ago. It was Texas here. Now I missed my first round in like 10 years other than oh. injury, which was hard because I watched the live timing and I was like sad but happy. But um, if I feel good, like I'd like to do the local ones because they're close, like Lucerne. You know, it's easy for me to go to. And But for now, just going to do the rally thing. Hey, Logan. Do you, when you watch like races, like whether it's Supercross, like I do, and I say, "Yeah, I'm, I'm better than that guy," and he finished there, do you always say, "That's how you do at Supercross"? I'm usually around fourth or fifth. Uh, no. No, you don't do that. What about no. like you don't do that? You didn't do that at Dakar because I like size everybody up at Dakar. I'm like, oh, I could, I could. You don't do that. Uh, I think they're a little out of my. <laughs> well, if you start young, if you start young, you'll get really good at it. You can like, you can like put yourself in the position, and then you just tell all your friends, "I would have." Yeah. I would have done that. Yeah, that's what you do when you get old too. But if you start young, right, Kendall, it works good. Helps. <laughs> I still do it to you every day. <laughs> so Kendall, I, I've said this on the show before. Kendall was the first young rider that literally showed me up. That like I was, I was at the time I was pretty good wherever I was at. And like, there's all these young guys. There's always young guys chomping at you and stuff. And and Johnny, you made him go riding with me, right? <clears throat> Yeah, so Johnny was trying to teach him a lesson, and so they they put him into into the torture chamber or whatever the heck it is that I do, and it was just riding, and all of a sudden this kid is like, at the beginning I think oh he's just crazy he's just taking chances and stuff. No, this guy was Kendall was doing stuff that just blew my mind, (laughs) and and I always I always remember like okay. That's it. I'm old. I'm now officially. There's kids that are coming up that have skill sets that are that beyond it. And that Kendall, Kendall was that guy. I still, rem- I remember the downhill we were going down. That I'm like, I'm picking my way down. He just went blowing by me. And you and Torsten Bostrom were the two people. And Torsten on a completely different level. Um, and Johnny sent him to me too. <laughs> I think you're trying to pay me back for that time I took Heather trail riding with us. <laughs> so, yeah, they were. It was all. It was always, always. You know, it was fun and uh, super good time. So, uh, yeah, good to have uh, these guys out here. So, is Kendall going to race the next Dakar? We'll see. We'll see. I mean, it's been a goal of mine. So, <clears throat> I don't know. It's it's a hard, hard task. Yeah, expensive task. Yeah, expensive, which yeah. makes it hard. Because because there's no doubt that you guys have the skill. We all came from the sort of the same thing, this district 37 background racing in Southern California, where we have incredible deserts. And now it's kind of, you know, proven that that's a good place to come from Ricky. Right. What do you do? 
desert. He left the building. Oh, he's yeah. afraid we're going to put him on the show again. <laughs> Don't worry, Sarah, you're next. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's see. They're, they're stacking. The navigation questions are completely stacking yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of excitement around rally right now, and uh, I think Sonora will be exciting race because there's a lot of. Yeah. Like, I have yeah. never raced a rally. Next to Jake's us. never raced a rally. You oh, you, you guys haven't? No. And I wish it wasn't going to be our first. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, and I think a lot of other people will be there racing. And yeah, I think that's the first step. Just go see how it goes in Sonora. And I build off that, I guess. Yeah. What are you riding? Uh, a 450X yep. Honda. KLX. You're racing the KLX. It's going to be super cool. It's... I can't wait to get all my stuff on it. I mean, there hasn't been a green rally bike in a while. Yeah. There was So when I was doing it, there was a guy that was riding a... There was... I'm trying to think. It, I don't even know what it was, but there was a guy. Was it Mateo something? He was always a Kawasaki guy. He had some really good sponsors from Italy, but you know, it was it was they were they had they had some support there, and it was back in the days there was some cool, you know, some weird cool bikes and stuff. So uh, Rusty wants to know who is your closest competitor, and he's asking me. I think he's asking me, right? Maybe. No, say probably not. <laughs> Um, uh, uh, Kendall, we'll start with you. Who's the closest competitor? I haven't raced in a minute, so I don't know if I can answer that. <laughs> yeah. In rally? Yeah, Jake. Yeah. We, Kendall. Kendall. Kendall, yeah. Kendall and Ray yeah. over there. But yeah. I'll, I'll just say, I'll just well, say Jake, you know, and yeah, we, I mean, we've spent a lot of days battling. Yeah. Yeah. And the Heron Hounds for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's going to be all three of us. And I don't mean, I, I think Colton's racing too for like Sonora. I mean, we all want the yeah. free entry, so it's. Because that's in the Sonora Rally, they have a what the road to Dakar. Is that what they call it these days? Yeah. The road to Dakar thing. And it gets that's where Skylar got his entry the first year. And who, who got it? Did they? Samuels, they Samuels got it one year. Colton got it. Mark Samuels got it. Colton got it. And then, and then do you, is it, how long does it last for? Do you know? I think it's just Right, so it's just you just have to use it that year, and like coming up with the funding to go do Dakar is is an astronomical task. I think that's the biggest the biggest one. We were kind of talking about that beginning. I mean, when I got a chance to do it, I was lucky because they were really really pushing to have an American come over and do it. Um, they hadn't had American for a long time, and so between the organization and then and then KTM. And the organization was pushing the manufacturers at the time. Some of one of you guys get an American over here, whether it was in cars, they were sending representatives over here. We'd go to, you go to LAX and they, you know, Hubert Oil would fly in and, and have a big meeting with media and all this stuff. And they would, they would get American riders and drivers to show up and, and they were speaking some weird language about some rally thing that we didn't know much about at the time, but I was lucky because, you know, I had I was so so ASO was pushing for it. The manufacturers were thinking, ah, maybe there's something here. Um, I worked for a, a magazine, Cycle World Magazine, the world's largest motorcycle magazine. Okay, then I could use that as leverage, and I had to go and do a lot of stuff to prove that, you know, I wanted to go because I sure as heck didn't have that kind of money at the time. It was about at that time it was about thirty thousand dollars is what would have cost me to just be sort of a quote privateer. And that was my down payment on my house or whatever it was at the time. And so it was, uh, it was kind of, uh, that was the, that was the task. And I was able to, I think the first year I was able to, well, the first year I didn't do very good. I only did half the rally, <laughs> which was bad, but, uh, 
it I don't remember what it cost me. It cost me a lot, you know, a fair amount. And then and then to finish fourth, it cost me I think it was four or six thousand dollars. I don't remember what it was. That's what it cost me to finish fourth overall. And then I you know, I expected sort of like, okay, now I'm gonna get some offers and stuff, and that didn't really happen. I I suspect Skylar House is feeling exactly like I did then. And as much as I wanted to go back, because once you finish fourth, what are you thinking next? I can win. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like I, I I know what I I know I know why I finished fourth. I know the mistakes mistakes I made. I know what I can do, but that's a big leap. <laughs> um, you can kind of I don't know. Back when I was doing it, you could kind of be very safe and finish fourth because all the guys who were trying to win were not finishing. That's the that's the difference. So. Kind of a interesting thing. So I didn't go back for a couple of years because I couldn't have ninety grand, hundred grand. Yeah, I think yeah. that's accurate. Yeah, yeah. Skyler actually did a pretty good video. Um, uh, I think it's on Red Bull TV where he talks about like kind of what hit it, what it cost him to do it as a what would we call him like a sub factory rider, like. <clears throat> satellite team so you know good bike has a mechanic you know has has the parts to finish and do all the stuff and uh he spent literally it sounds like every last penny that he had to to go do that and and that's a that's a tough road to hoe and he took it took a lot to just even get there and you know you're talking about a guy who's finishing top five now and so the same thing i finished fourth and the same thing i did not have could not get enough money to go back. Maybe if you're top three, maybe that's the thing. And but I beat guys that were making well over a hundred grand a year. And I'm like, can I be one of those guys? <laughs> so it's tough if you're American. Just saying, because most of those guys have sponsors from their own country, from their importer, you know, whatever, however it works. So, um, got any good questions? Um, there was. Oh, are timekeeping enduros helpful for rally? Have you done timekeeping enduros? These these actually, kids actually, yeah, I've <laughs> done, I have a uh, mini championship in District Thirty Seven, but, but <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to tell you that I followed my dad. Oh, <laughs> so you want to want to like what was that? Was it wasn't C? What was the mini number? The mini plate L L. So yeah. you had a, you had a one L in the district enduros. Yeah. Uh, following your dad doing the timekeeping because yeah. I remember I remember your dad was riding the Enduros back when I was riding the Enduros. Oh really? Yeah, way oh. back in the day. Yeah, probably you know I'm probably I might be older than your dad. I don't know who knows. <laughs> but uh, uh, so you don't know? Did you ever do time? Your dad? So Morris? Yeah, my dad was <clears throat> my dad was big into it. I never like I would I raced him with him and follow him. And when I uh, when he'd pull away from me, I knew that. I was going to be time late. to go. Yeah. Well, I just I remember him just putting it to me still. But what were you riding at the time? Uh, CR eighty. Oh, I was going to say it was a Z fifty. <laughs> <laughs> no, you couldn't race them until you're twelve. <laughs> but to get back to the question, I I just I mean for sure I think timekeeping enduros is going to help you. You're working with numbers. There's more discipline involved in the race. I feel like Dakar is pretty disciplined. You got to. Arrive to the start of your liaison on a time, start of your special neutralizations, very similar to how an enduro works. But just, uh, you know, the big difference would be instead of the marked course, there's, you got to read the road book and navigate. Yeah, it adds an extra element to it. And in, in reality, like the, 
the feeling, the speed, you know, feeling the distance, um, you know, understanding time a little bit. So instead of time and timekeeping in a drill, it's more about like the cap heading, maybe if you're going to take something out of it. So yeah, there's, it's good training. Um, Kyle McCoy, uh, who is a privateer American finisher says our $90,000 figure, that's too high. Not that much. So, um, he would know he he he'd gone over there and done it before. So maybe you know. And he's actually it's kind of interesting. Kyle has sent out a um, an email to a lot of the American finishers of Dakar. He's kind of like trying to compile some history, but he's also trying to rally some support along, trying to get um, some of you younger guys to go over and do the Molly Moto class, which is the which is the sort of like the the full privateer class. You you are real limited on uh, you don't have a mechanic. You work on your own bike. I think you guys both be good, especially Kendall. You'd be really good. You sleep in the dirt all the time. Yeah, right? I mean, I, I I could pull it off. I, I would I would consider that no motorhome because you know getting back to Skyler's video, I think like one of his biggest costs was the mechanic. Yeah, thirty grand. So I mean, yeah, mechanic. I mean, because you you essentially have if you if you have access to the parts, you know, you, if you have the parts with you or you're on the yeah, track. his parts were like. Three thousand dollars, I think, yeah. just maintenance parts, yeah. you know, versus thirty grand for and the mechanic. You can get yeah. tires as you need them, but you only have two sets of wheels. That's where you're limited. Tires were kind of expensive. Yeah, tires over there are expensive. I, yeah, just to race that race, you're gonna need your tires. And well, you can you, like you as a Molly Moto guy can get twelve, but Ricky can only have six. So more <laughs> more expensive for the tires. <laughs> more <from> expensive. <laughs> so that I think I. I think that if I were gonna if I were gonna suggest a way to go over and do it to get some experience to you know because your first time you you think I'm gonna go to Dakar and I'm gonna go race, no you're gonna go learn and and I learned that I shouldn't get sick halfway through the rally and have to go home, but you, you're it's a, such a learning experience that'd be a great way to go do it and you just have to go over there with kind of like not a lot of pressure just kind of go ride because it seems like those guys sort of they race a little bit in the beginning and then they just start surviving you know three four days in it's like. I can't really beat my bike up. Yeah, I think it would definitely take the pressure off you, you know, of that, of trying to race and do well. Because, yeah. yeah, you're just trying to survive at that point. Yeah, so uh, there's some other, let's see. Uh, there has never been an American to do Molly Moto. That's because we all need motorhomes. We we invented the motorhome, didn't we, over here? <laughs> yeah. We got we to gotta talk about this motorhome world championship. Should we get Johnny in here? We could. We could? Yeah, is, is we, he, we need. He, were you guys in the same motorhome? Yeah, Johnny and I shared the duties for Ricky and Nacho. So you had you had two guys in your motorhome. So yeah, Johnny and I. Okay. Can we get and, can we get eleven time Baja one thousand champion, Johnny Campbell? You allowed to come on the show? As long as we don't talk too much about motorhome racing. Oh, okay. What's that? Oh, you have a question on the. You're sitting right there. You could actually ask the question out loud. You'd just be like Bob. Bob's so enamored with our with that that I that I actually got you know I got like guests in here that are worthy, like you know it's usually just me and Logan and he's just over here interrupting, interrupting. He he's he's sitting on his hands right now. So okay, you can you can shoot your question. Out. I don't or do you want to read it, Logan? Um, <laughs> what are you two doing to raise funds for Dakar 2022? And how can people help or find you on social media? There we go. That's a good one. Look at that. That's a great question, George. And we just think you're over there trying to get on the show. <laughs> you ready? 
you want to start this one? Sure. Um, well, I'm going to sell most of the things I own, like Skylar. Um, I actually started working a web design job in January, just trying to save funds. And um, I mean, I have a year pretty much. So, you know, start early, start saving funds. And what else? I want. I actually want to build a bike and Ralph let off. I think, uh, what's it? He's on the, the Gas Gas team now. Uh, Ricky Russell did that for ISDE. Yeah. He seemed to make a lot of money doing it. So um, I think I'm going to do that. And then uh, just look for sponsors and maybe do some fundraising and hopefully uh, win the Road to Dakar Challenge. Save some money. If you, if you do some of that like video editing and stuff, we should talk after the show because this guy's getting a little bit pricey. It's like a little, little inconsistent. Like when school stopped, his brain sort of turned off and he just, I think he was out partying. Like where you, you were partying, right? Uh, went on a big bender. Like, <laughs> Kendall, what have you been doing? Um, I mean, yeah, to, get, to answer that Get question, closer to that microphone. I think uh, just really get creative and work hard. I mean, Jake and I both know what it took to go race six days as a privateer club rider. And it was like 20 grand, I, f- I felt like, was the price we had to raise at the end of it. And it was a lot of work. And obviously, this is a lot more. But I think I have more time to focus on it and... Um, yeah, I, I think honestly, just get creative. I don't have like an exact answer of how it's going to happen, but we'll just make it happen. Maybe we should start a vlog. Yeah. A I vlog? Mean, first sell, time rally. Sell some merch. Yeah. Some first time rally vlog. learners. Vlogging. <laughs> so, so I think, so, so the, the trick is you get Ricky to put you on his, his thing, whatever he's, where his vlog he's working on. And evidently he promotes you on social media. He promote, he said he promoted me on social media. I because I I've, I've been feeling dollar bills just filling up my pockets from That's that promotion nice, huh? right now. Yeah, it's, 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 it's like it's like somebody put an air compressor in my pants, but they're dollar bills from all the thumbs up we're getting on the social media. So, um, yeah, you guys on the social media? Where are you at? Yeah, you can find me, Kendall Norman. Yeah, Kendall. Yeah, Norman. Kendall Norman. At Kendall Norman, right? <laughs> and at Jacob Augiebright nine eleven. I was gonna. I was. I'll. I'll. I'll follow you, Logan. Are you gonna p- type them into my phone or something like that? I was going to type him into the chat. The chat. Okay. George should have done that, but he's not in front of his computer. The problem is you, you, George shows up here and all the, all those really cool links that we have in the chat. Evidently, we, we talked about this in the last show. You, you might remember because you were drinking. But, you know, there's there's ways that we can interact with more people, but I need some people to help me because I'm trying to train these guys how to do rallies and not get lost. And I'm lost the whole time, like in my training. Okay, anything next? Oh, we're, we're just going to skyrocket. Yeah. I hope so. No, I appreciate the question. Yeah, no, it, it, uh, I will. I will uh, well, I'll we put, can start doing it now. I'll put your logos up here somehow on the, on the screens if Logan does it. Uh, Johnny, let's get Johnny in here real quick. So we'll get, uh, have. Peace. Thanks, Jake. We'll see you tomorrow. Hopefully not lost. Probably. <laughs> It's, it's tough. It's it's, it's it's tricky. Hey Logan, who's sitting next to you? Um, Kendall Norman and Johnny Campbell. Eleven-time Baja One Thousand winner Johnny Campbell. Yes. That's a lot. Yes. Yeah, he let me do it with him once. I mean, win Baja. <laughs> so let's hear about the Motorhome World Championships. That's what I'm really interested in. Well, you know. The cha- the World Championships is a big thing. We call it the Worlds. It's the Worlds, okay? Just for short. But 
you know, right off the bat, you know, you have this Euro piece of crap motorhome, and you know, most of the time they they think they're pretty cool, like when they they rent them and stuff, and mm -hmm. but they are because it's really the only thing they have there, you know. But for us, it's just it's like a huge step down from what we would consider a a quality motorhome. So first off, you got to start with this, you know, this piece of junk Fiat power yeah. thing. You know, they don't have Easy like on, a, don't die. I know you're getting stretched. You can't pound the table because you know I'm very passionate about the world. <laughs> passionate. <laughs> you know the world's. You know what it consists of. I'm not. Like, I'm not sensing you, the outcome of this is going to be that good because I I feel the the tension. Well, this is like us finishing finishing second in the Baja 1000. Hey, you know, in the world, it's it's a big deal, and you know to to. A, accomplish and be uh in the world so you have to you know remember you have to be finding water during the day you have to find a place to dump the cassette shit <laughs> which is full of ricky <laughs> no. you have this is a dude it, <laughs> hey rules. i've dumped your poop for like three or four years now in dakar okay i appreciate that thank you <laughs> But, you know, the good thing is, is really, I think what really makes the world is having a, a great co-driver. And so, oh, okay, you know, we yeah. can break up the driving, you know, we have something to talk about and, and stuff. So, you know, Kendall was, was a, an awesome co-pilot and, um, you know, we had, we had a really good run. I, I I didn't know that this was going on. It's like this is a secret event, and you can only hear it about it on a show like this. There's no way, like if in any of the media that you had to do last year, did you ever talk talk about the Motorhome World Championships? Was it ever brought up? I feel like, a lot of, I feel like that's a really important part of, of the Dakar. Well, yeah, because if it doesn't get there, you're not going to sleep. So finishing is real important in the World Championships, and then and then if they show up and they're like third, they're not going to be happy, and you need happiness. In your motorhome, yeah, yeah. So, so how did it go this year? How did it how did it start? Let's start let's start with the start. How did it go? I know you're uh, disappointed in the, the the machinery. The team provided you with, but the machinery is what it is. I mean, that's <laughs> that's you know part of the 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 regulation. It's not like you can have an American motorhome there. So mm -hmm. so you got to start with a, a Euro motorhome. I got one with a Cat C12 out front. So. No, it's a spec class, dude. <laughs> it's a spec. <laughs> well, I mean, it started out pretty good, you know? We saw we saw monkeys the first day. Yeah, the... Monkeys? Yeah, there's... Baboons? Do you, do you know there's baboons dude, in those Saudi are the gnarly, It's the gnarliest animal ever in the world. Like, baboons are so sketchy. Yeah, imagine, like... You know, we're, we're sharing the liaison with the athletes, so we got motorcycle guys passing us. And, uh, yeah, we just see, like, a huge pack of baboons, and, like, guy in front of us has hit the brakes, and we're, like, hitting the brakes, and there's, like, running across, like, 30 baboons, and then one huge one, like, kind of, like, wrangling along. <laughs> Did we see baboons on our Dakar? We didn't. No, no, we didn't have well, baboons. There's monkeys in Mali, for sure. Yeah, yeah. They warned us about them. I never saw one. But the, I think the baboons were like the, the year. The, they're in Morocco, dude. They're sketchy. Like they're. It's like it. Like I know what cows do, and I know what dogs and coyotes and stuff do. Baboons are like a whole nother thing, and they're they're just big enough to where they're gonna kill you. They're like literally. They're just just the right size ball that's gonna like clean you out. So yeah, but motorhome you just plow them right. Well, we would have if we had the opportunity, but <laughs> but they were a little fast for us, you know. Yeah. 
You know, the, you know, the motorhome too, it's like, you have to really plan your, your, your attack and because you could be overtaken by another motorhome and we have a speed cap actually, like, like you're only allowed to go like, like 120 kilometers an hour max. Uh-huh. And so, because we, we actually have uh track, you have trippy, you have the have trippy, trippy. Yeah, trippy's trippy. in it. And so, so the organization tracks us too, and we can actually get penalties if we get enough penalties you know, it could actually be an infraction against the team and the riders. Yep. So, so we gotta we gotta work with that. But you know, there's a lot of teams that really push the limits on this, and and even like the the uh, Tomas who was going against us on our team, like <laughs> the inner like, team rivalry. I, I, I'm telling you, like yeah. it was hard to keep Tomas's pace, wasn't it? I mean, I think like that's we're 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 calling our finish like a solid second. Solid know. second. You know, and, and a race is about speed. You know, you got to bring the speed and the how, heat. How did you? And, how did you do last year? And I just didn't think we had the pace of <laughs> of Tomas. I mean, the guy would drive on the le- the limiter the whole day. <laughs> and like corners, you know, you're on this this Saudi highway, which most of the highways are really good there, but you know, it gets like 130 degrees there, and so like you know, some areas like the pavement's really rippled and you have ruts and stuff. To keep that thing in line, mind you, you don't have duels to keep stability. Uh-huh. You have, you know, a sway bar like about 10 millimeters on the thing. <laughs> and they're overloaded because uh-huh, yeah. Ricky, Ricky has a lot of stuff. A lot of Ricky stuff. Ricky and have way too much stuff. And, you know, we're just like just drifting the thing, walling, and, you know, you, you start kind of laughing because it's like, well, you know, if it goes, it, it goes. You can't do nothing about it. <laughs> But you know, it's a it's a really serious deal. Hey, back really back to the serious questions, Johnny. This is serious questions because Johnny Johnny was a team advisor for HRC. Um, is you know helps a lot with the bike development things like that. So the question is, will Dakar go into another country next year? Uh, I don't know a hundred percent, but we, we asked the tough questions here. I do not think so. Yeah. I oh, think, you don't think so? No. Think I just, think I think Saudi's going to keep it. Crossing uh, crossing borders is difficult in that region. I think in that region it's a little risky. Right. And uh, let's see one uh, one other one. Um, what the best guess you have? What rules will change in Dakar next year? Um. <laughs> three tires. <laughs> Maybe three tires. We'll take one front tire away. Uh, no, seriously, the the, the rules that that uh, I'm not really positive what what's going to change. You yeah, know? you never we, you never know. It's, I mean, you never rally. know. And then they have like you know forums where you know our team will go and you know see these briefings and stuff about it and stuff, but you know they're already they're trying to slow it down by putting more nav in it. And also, you know, giving the road books in the morning and taking away the map man element to it. Um, you know, they're doing the tire thing, which we all hope gets reversed because, you know, I think it's a safety issue myself. Yeah. Um, but I really don't think there's going to be much. I know that they, the one big thing is that, you know, a select. A they're going to put a less speed limit on the Motorhome World Championships? The World Championships could be a problem, but. <laughs> They uh, they're talking about putting a digital road book on the bikes, right? And that's the biggest thing that'll be you know that'll be monumental, you know. It's um, a yeah, it's a huge change. So so that's a possibility. They were they wanted to do it this last season, but um, since we had the COVID situation and there wasn't a lot of 
world rallies to test the equipment, they decided to hold it back a year. So, I mean, and still even the outlook of this year of, of having international rallies um, is still in question, you know. So, yeah, it's still, we're still waking back up from all this. Yeah, it's still in limbo, so we don't really know what's going to be even available. Then the digital thing, it's like, it's so they, the, they said the top 10 cars were running digital platforms? Yeah, I don't know if it was just the top 10 cars, but there was, uh, I think, a fair amount of uh, four-wheel vehicles using the digital yeah. platform. Yeah, so they're, they're they're learning. It's like anything. Anytime they change something, I remember when they you know went for to from open GPS to closed GPS, and it's just changes, it's evolution, and it's uh, it's all that stuff. So uh, um, we actually had the question. Somebody was asking about that. Hey, um, somebody said, Kendall, could you have tweaked the uh, motorhome in the in the tweaked the uh, motor in the motorhome? I think it's risky. You know, we're limited to the speed we have, so to get there faster would be good for sure. You know, I think it's just like, you know, if, you, if you're trying to be the first to the bivouac every day, you're rolling the dice. <laughs> and the, the style on the roads is like, if a car is going to overtake you, uh, the person usually moves over into the shoulder, and then you've got to you've got to like make the decision like okay I'm gonna go, and then the other person coming at you usually goes in the shoulder. But it's like seriously we're splitting semi sometimes. And <laughs> yeah, it was re- it was the wildest thing. Like like those open highways are no joke because you have two lanes right, one traffic each direction. But it can fit three cars. But there's a. But they have good shoulders over there. Yeah. So the locals use the shoulder. I mean, they'll, and so we saw four abreast on a two lane highway, like passes, <laughs> and they were doing it at seventy miles an hour, like it's nothing. And we were just like, whoa! This, this would this like would not work level. in Baja. This would not work in this Baja. Would absolutely be detrimental <laughs> to your health in Baja. <laughs> yeah, different part of the world. Uh, um, Do you think that driving those underpowered, sketchy motorhomes? <laughs> prepares you when you really get the big leagues and get to a better motorhome that's got more power and everything handles better. That all depends if they let us use one set of tires or two. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we got we got another one. Another one. Um, the, the the peanut gallery. The peanut gallery seems to be using the the the, the platform here. Some guy named Jacob Augubright says, "How do we get rally in the United States?" <laughs> Well, I, I think to get rally in the United States, it's you know it's possible, but it's really uh, it's really a big challenge I think because of uh, the land use issues. Yep. But but at the same time, you know, rally could be more friendly to following rules and having vehicles that are street legal and you know. So it, I, I know this from Rebel Rally. We I, I I'm yeah. the course director on a rally that it's the longest continuous off road event in the United States. You know, in, in, in it, it, but it is street legal vehicles, but it's so, so difficult with land use. Our land use regulations basically would not allow for someone to get lost. You know, you like, like, like literally if you went the wrong way on a, on a, on a, off the quote route, the course, you can't do this. You, you, you know, the organ organizer is responsible for keeping all the cars on the course. So the, the uh, essence of navigation navigation rally is kind of difficult 
in the United States. So we have some issues. We we do have some open areas where it could be done. You could do smaller kind of rallies and stuff, but on the scope that you see these, they're they're done in countries where um, there's massive amounts of areas to be able to drive off-road vehicles and to do stuff, you know, in countries that it's still a little bit different. Just like, you know, there's a reason why they can have a Baja 1000 in Baja, but you can't have a California or a Nevada 1000 that's kind of to the same same skill. And that's a controlled race with only one course. But imagine having a race with a lot of different courses and it has to all be permitted and controlled. So it's, it's a little bit difficult um, from that. So I think... Um, I think it's uh, it's probably not going to happen <laughs> unless something really changes, unless we start flying over the ground and not touching it, so, which may happen, or electric bikes. Then they'll try to regulate that somehow. <laughs> exactly. Um, what is Alex Kinterer Kin, Kin, want to know? Kinterer? Um, is JCR team coming back to score Baja Series someday? Uh, the plan for our team is uh, at at the moment is is not a Baja racing team. Um, you know we're developing mostly our American side of uh, racing and the popularity that's there. Um, we love Baja and stuff, but the racing down there is is really challenging and budget wise is a lot really challenging. And so I wouldn't expect us to be back down there anytime soon. Uh, some guy named Ron Wilson wants to know, is there a salon slash haircut store in the area? He wants to uh, sponsor Kendall. <laughs> hey, hey, Ron. Maybe we'll go for a twofer. Yeah. Uh, Johnny just wants a little hair coloring. I, I want some hair coloring, too, but I have to have hair to p- put it on. So, uh, <laughs> the um, yeah, this just shows how stressful rally training is. It gave Johnny... You know, little gray hairs today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kendall's it's like cold. That second place. It's cold. It's dry air out there. It's not I, so good for the hair. I heard it got cold at the, in its rally training today because we had to do it outside and a little, little, little cold. Somebody told me I was mean because I made you sit in the cold. But it's nothing like a liaison, right, Ricky? What are the liaisons like? Cold. <laughs> cold. Early. 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 Yeah. We should start do we should start the class at like three AM. No. No. No? What? <laughs> roadbook road at two? Where are you gonna start the roadbook? Oh. I don't know. We can just ride around the garage or something like that. Hey, when I when I first started doing this, I literally got the guys up at three o'clock in the morning and made them go ride like a loop, like a hundred and twenty mile loop, you know. Vegas to Baker back. Like literally just a transfer, just a big loop. And so I'd get them up in the morning and say, okay, here's, you know, here's your road book and here, go do this loop. They take off because they didn't know where they were going. They go and do this loop and I go back to bed for an hour and a half, two hours. Yeah. They'd pull up literally at sunset and like they'd come back right to where the motorhome was parked. I'd walk out there and okay, the stage starts here. They do a loop out <laughs> up by Dumont. But, you know, that was, we trained different back then. It was easy. <laughs> uh, got any other good questions? Um, I feel like we only reached about like one or two days of the Motor World Championships. Oh, we didn't get into the good stuff? We're going to have to save that for another show. <laughs> save. It, sound, it sounds like we're going to have to have more tequila for that show. <laughs> the Motor World Championships. Uh, 
Kendall wasn't able to make it in time for uh, wardrobe and makeup. Um, no, I I did. I got myself cleaned up. Uh, Who's typing that, George? No. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Kendall. Uh, so no, George is typing uh, quickly. He says that maybe you should look into the uh, hair care products for the Dakar sponsorship. <laughs> you know, you know what would work. It's easy. Just shave it. Here's here's what you work. You 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 pitch this deal. You you go to Dakar and and you come back looking way better than when you started. And you said you use these these products. Actually, whatever that product you gave me for my elbows, I used it the other night. You gave it to me a year ago. That stuff worked. That was good. I need to put it on again tonight. Jimmy Lewis chapstick and his hair might help. Yeah, we got a lot of good things for a lot of good. Good purposes, but yeah, we need to work on the hair. Yeah, <laughs> the hair department. The hair product. So if you if you work at a salon or something like that, and you want to help Kendall out here, we're he, he's he's taking any sponsorship at all right now in his uh, quest to Dakar, twenty twenty two. Right? Okay. Uh, where are we moving on to our next favorite guest? So Kendall, why don't you give up your seat and we'll bring. Uh, Thank you very much. Sarah Price onto the show. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we remember this show we do not talk about racing or racers, but welcome to the show, Sarah Price. Hey. So you're going to have to tell everybody uh, your your resume, where you where you come from, what you're doing cuz you're you're quite the deal in the um, the electric four-wheeled world right now, which we'll work up to. Yeah, yeah. The electric stuff is uh, new, but um, I actually started off in dirt bikes, so two wheels. Did that whole thing for a long time. Yep. And then uh, now I'm so Johnny that... Campbell's navigator today. You? Oh, that's right. You, yeah, Johnny was driving. Yep, yep. Because yeah, Johnny's usually a navigator in the car. He still had to do a lot of navigating. So so you used to do the, the women's motocross series? Yep. Back when you guys used to get to race at the Nationals? Yeah, so it's when they were doing the full circuit. We were considered the third class on everything, even the TV program. Uh, X Games used to have the women in Super X and Enduro X. Yep. So, yeah, it was really climbing and then kind of just tanked. It tanked or you tanked? Uh, both. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> Sorry I asked. <laughs> <laughs> no, there wasn't much of a future in it uh, after they took the TV program out. So we were kind of like, well, what do we do with our lives now? Yep. And uh, then you somehow transitioned into four wheels? Yeah. I didn't know what to do with myself. I only knew racing growing up and training. So I started my own business and paid to get a side-by-side and start working on it and racing it. And then I was racing four wheels. Because the first time I ran into you, I was uh, doing King of the Motos. And you were riding, basically driving a Kawasaki utility vehicle in King of the Hammers UTV class when it was like early, early on. Yep, yep. How did that go? Um, so when I got into four wheels, I really wanted to go to Africa and do the Gazelle Rally. So I saw it in a magazine. I was like, this would be really cool. So at the time, I hit up Kawasaki. And I'm not even kidding you. In like five days, they had a, a yes for us. And I was like, okay, I'm actually going to Africa because now I have Kawasaki interested. And they're, they're saying yes, and I, I can't say no. And so the Gazelle Rally is a, it's a pretty unique event. It's an all-women's off-road rally. And I know about this. I wouldn't know about this be, unless I started doing the Rebel Rally, which I'm, I do the course directing for. 
but Emily Miller, who's a friend of she's my boss and you're a good friend. Yeah. And she was instrumental in, in, in kind of influencing that whole uh, gazelle rally thing. But it's imagine it's a different kind of rally. It's not like Dakar. It's not a go fast rally. It's a go precise rally where you're trying to essentially accumulate the least amount of mileage to get from point to point in using only maps and compasses, right? Yeah. Dead reckoning. So like, we have old, outdated maps, and we're trying to, like, figure out how to navigate around these mountains. And you could end up in the middle of the mountain and have to turn all the way back down and then go all the way around. And then you're like, crap, I just added on all that, like, mileage or kilometers. And so, yeah, it gets really sticky. But Emily, uh, she was our, our hero when we were stranded up on a cliff one night. We slept up there at the emergency blanket. Yeah, she, she, <laughs> has, she, has, some, she has some crazy Morocco stories as well, being stranded or... You know, they're they're their car breaking in the middle of nowhere and having to figure out how to get parts and things there. So um in in the the learning to do that, this um we'll call it cross country rallies, speed rallies, a little bit different, yeah? Oh yeah. So I did Sonora Rally last year for the first time, me and Kellen Walsh. Yeah. We actually did really good, but he knows what he's doing. I didn't. And so when we showed up, like, the first day before wait, we... Wait, wait, you, you you were driving, right? Yeah, I drove. And so you're saying you don't know how to drive. No, no, I knew how to drive. Okay, good, I okay. I anything about rally. You don't... But he was supposed to... T- he's a navigator. He's supposed to tell you exactly what to do. And he did. And he didn't even, like, we got in the car and we're on our way to the liaison or to the start. And he's just like... Oh, that was called practice. Yeah, yeah, that's Did you do that with Robbie Gordon? Yeah, same. Same practice? Yeah. I yeah. thought I thought because we talked about this. I'm like, hey, when's Robbie coming out to train? Yeah, no, there was no training. I just I, <laughs> we we trained. Yeah, yeah, we trained. Yeah, we yeah we worked on it. That, but, but this but is funny. First, yeah, this is funny with you car drivers. You just expect it's like magic. You can get a good navigator. Like Kellen's like nearly been on the podium in Dakar. Johnny's pretty damn close. You know these guys know how to. And you just go, I'm going to get the best navigator next to me. Sit next to me, and it's like magic. We're going to we're going to win. Yeah, we well, I didn't even know I was going to do Sonora until like a week before oh. it. And so Kellen was racing with me at the Mint and I was just like, "Hey, I really want to do Sonora Rally." Like he's like, oh, "I would love to." And I broke my last like good razor right before <laughs> at um the Mint because I just was racing so Cuz it wasn't a Kawasaki. No. <laughs> No, because no, Kawasaki's were, run forever. They do. They're strong. But at the same time, I just was racing all this stuff, and I didn't have any time to prep anything. So uh, I took my dad's razor, and we raced a bone stock car at the Sonora Rally. And last minute, like, Kellen was in, and, like, I didn't plan to train for it. And then I've always wanted to go to deck car since 2015 when I got back from Africa. Yep. But I had no clue how, and then truck racing started taking off. But now that's why I'm here. I'm training, so yep. I actually know what I'm going to do when I get this in the car is, with Kellen. This is smart. It's it's way better than most people that just want to like hire a navigator that speaks some weird language you don't know, and then you, you have to discuss things. And I know this from when Johnny got the gig to drive with Robbie. He's like, Jimmy, what what do we, what should we? How do how do I do? What should we? How, I I know how to get myself through this. He's really good at it, you know. And but how do you how do you you know, communicate to another person. That's that's what you guys were experiencing today. Mm-hmm. And here, here's what she did today. Like I said, she didn't drive. She went and navigated for Johnny. She told Johnny how to how to drive, which um, it went medium. Yeah, medium. Yeah, she did, she did a good job uh, for the first time navigating. And 
I think that, you know, the thing is, it's just like the, the, the guys on the bikes today for the first time going out. It's like you're, they're just thinking to themselves like, okay, I got to, I got to go here and look down at the road book and, you know, it's this. Learning how to walk. She's sitting in the right seat and, and trying to explain what she's seen on the road book to, and put it into words to tell me, you know, where to go. Yeah. And so it, it's, uh, it just takes a lot of practice and on what the driver wants to hear, uh, how much we need to know. And so we, we discussed a lot of this as we were doing it. And so we'd stop and we'd look at the note and I'd say, I, you know, why don't you give me some of the detail, not just some numbers, because I don't have any instruments in front of me, but how about just tell me if there's a wash, tell me if there's, you know, a bush or a car and that, you know, just to get her some uh, reference some points reference and going. And that way I, I can, as a driver, you can go, oh, okay, well, there's the car. You turn left. I mean, we all know he can ride a motorcycle, but really, Sarah, how does he drive? That's what we all... Man, he was just... Kind of like a chick. Blowing doors off people today. He was going fast. (laughs) I couldn't keep up with my navigation, you know? So it was really tough out there. But, you know, he he led me in the right direction a few times and kept us going. Oh, he he was kind of navigating from the driver's seat. Pretty much. I was wondering why you didn't punch him. (laughs) <laughs> uh, that's what I said, right, Ricky? No, like, it was I'm like, a... I'm like, there's going to be some punches thrown in that car. <laughs> it was funny because there's times that we came up to something and he's like, oh, we, you said we needed to be in the wash. I was like, oh, yeah. I'm like, I'm sorry. He's like, we turned right on. Was that supposed to be a road? And I was like, yeah, I should be telling you this stuff, but I'm sorry. I, I just, I didn't come. Like... Here, here's, here's why motorcycle racers make really good drivers slash navigators, either or, is because we used to have to do it all ourselves and so when you can sit in the passenger seat it's like kind of calming because like you can look down and not get killed um you can you can take a little bit of time to think about it and and i think it's funny because especially when people contact me about training they are like i'm just going to get a good navigator and i don't you know i'm a driver i don't need to navigate i just want to know a little bit and like you need to know as much as the other guy because you then all of a sudden you have two brains are better than one and you can and when you start figuring out how to communicate. That's the trick with that, that team communicate. And then you can, when someone starts making something that doesn't feel right to the other one, you can at least ask the question. You can say, is this, is that right? And it's like, Oh, you know, like you said, it's like, Oh yeah, the wash. Oh, I should have said the wash. And then next time you'll say the wash and, and all that stuff works. So it, to, to take the time to learn how to, to do the other person's job at that point is, is huge. And, you know, you have the terrain reading and all that stuff from your, from your truck driving and from the motorcycle driving, all this riding, motorcycle riding, it, it does make a big difference. Logan, what's the, uh, what's the best question we have? Um, Rusty Nail, what was it like to be interviewed by Forbes? Forbes. Forbes. Yeah, Forbes. Well, Forbes yeah, is what know. you kids call the, the, the financial magazine that Forbes is. It's like you know they have a yeah. li- they have a list of the 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 most richest people in the world, Logan. That's where you yeah. want to get Forbes. Got it. <laughs> Forbes. Don't worry, we don't we don't pick on anybody on this show. Where it's like super nice, happy happy times. <laughs> uh, it was pretty cool, you know. The fact that they even want to talk to me is kind of crazy, but um, yeah, it was awesome to share a little insight and. They, they got to give a little highlight to off-road racing and everything that I've done. So it was, it was pretty cool to get that out there in such a big platform. Yeah. And tell tell everybody here um, kind of what you're doing with the, with the I don't even know what it's called, the e-car. The, yep. 
So it's uh, it's called Extreme E. It's an electric SUV. We're going to be racing for, well, now Chip Ganassi Racing, me and Kyle Duke are racing the GMC EV or Hummer EV. And we're racing all around the world in these highly impacted areas, basically showing awareness to where we're racing. Um, and yeah, it's all electric everything. Like the, they have a ship that our cars go on and we're staying on the ship like all teams. It's like the ship's running on biodiesel and it's charging the cars or weird things like this. Yeah, I think it's almost electric. I think it's, they it's even supposed, have it on the side of the ship. It's supposed that. to be net like net zero racing. Pretty much. It's like um, I forget their slogan, but it's like on the road to zero or something right. like that. And it's, it's kind of it's kind of cool. So somebody asked about like, hey, can we rally race in the United States? And and this is it's forward thinking like this, you know, it's it may seem kooky to somebody just like oh, I burn gas, haul ass and all this stuff like that. It's like it's like, yeah, but they're talking about you guys are going to be racing in old mining pits and in areas that are like waste dumps and things like that. I mean, yeah. it doesn't sound like the best, but they're ideally trying to draw awareness like, hey, there are areas where we can recreate and do this kind of stuff. So, yeah, maybe there is the future where we can do you know, rallies in the United States if some of the awareness changes or perception. So I think it's I think it's really cool. I mean, changes changes good. Sometimes it comes a little bit rough. But um, so when you guys are racing, this is questions I have. You guys have like you have like one battery charge to race on. So you literally kind of have to manage your battery, right? So the races are like 10 to 12 minutes a lap. And so I get to do a lap and Kyle gets to do a lap. There's a male and female on every team. And the battery can hold enough charge to go as fast as you want or as fast as you can yep. racing and we're door to door racing too yep. in that amount of time. But these cars have like, it, it, it's more like a um, deck car, like the Peugeot. It's very similar to those kind of cars, but they have all these like safety buttons on them because electric racing is a whole different thing when it comes to safety. So like if we hit, which this is where I'm like most worried about is like that button gets ripped off and then the car won't go. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, so we have to like play it smart where you're actually contacting each other. And so it's not like we're in the trophy truck, you just ram somebody out of the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you do this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, ram people out of the way in the trophy trucks. Yeah. I, uh, well, n- well, yeah. People- <laughs> no. <laughs> what was that? And on the flat track. And on the flat. Oh. I don't oh. think we touch. Uh, flat, flat track. track? No, no, you annihilated every one of us. No. So she is the new she like so so Okay, so we you know, we, you might you might have heard in this show, but you might have heard in the show before. We we have we, we have we have a flat track here. So Sarah brings out her KLX 110. Oh, Which I got they think is a monstrous bike. Oh, oh, don't, hey, don't, don't don't worry. Like Yamaha might have heard about this. They go, "Hey, do you need a TTR 110?" Like I'm like like it's going to help me. Um uh-huh. Isn't it Her 110? No, it says 110 on the side. It's running it, race gas right now, BP. Oh, I could smell that. <laughs> I, I could smell that. I knew there was some reason. I need an excuse. So, so we went out and like did, you know, kind of did like a couple warm-up laps and everybody was sizing each other up or something like that. And I proceeded to pull off tracks. So I pulled down, I threw down some heaters there. I proceeded to look at Sarah and I go, you know what? I own this place. <laughs> and and uh you know, I meant that seriously because I do own the place that the track and stuff and i but anyway so like the next thing like she's ripping around in this thing and i'm like i got problems and then she's taking ricky out knocking him off the track and like george was no contest jim was trying to block her like it was it was ugly i think you pretty much won every every race that yeah 
Ricky's just laughing because he's like, right when I called out that you just get our pump really fast, he goes, you pulled off and you said you got our pump. <laughs> as soon as you step up to the big bike. Oh, the big bike. The 80. The 80. <laughs> the, oh, you got arm pump on the 100? Oh, I, I don't ever it's ride It's not a 100, anymore. by the way. I get arm pump every time I ride anymore, and I'm trying to get through it, but then I have to, like, take off for another race, and then I'm like, I don't get to ride for a while, and it comes back. Yeah, he's I think it was the yoga pants and Doc Martens. Oh. Could have been those. <laughs> <laughs> race car helmet. Race car helmet, yeah. Race car helmet. I mean, all the gear was, was right there, but, yeah, you're banned. I was from, wearing your gloves. Yeah, you're pretty much banned from the track. Yeah, you can't get beat by a girl around I here. I brought the lights, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sponsor? Who brought the lights? Sponsor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah? I sponsored the track last night. Oh, uh, do you want to throw out sponsor plugs? Oh, yeah. Uh, C Double, they're pretty cool. Yeah. They're, they're like they're like light balls that lit. That we can do night racing now. We just got to figure out. We got to get a budget. We got Logan's got to work on that. They're awesome. It's part of his sponsorship okay. proposal he's doing for the flat track. You working on that? Every second that I've known about it. Okay, so you 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 you, you send pictures that you that she put on her Instagram where like eight thousand million people followed, and then say, hey, if we had a set of these, we'd do that, and then like our three followers, and then George's six followers would all like repost it, and we can probably get like twenty five percent off or something like that, or we just like do a couple posts, and then maybe they'll give us fifty percent off. So you start working on that, Logan. It's. Racing the candles, <laughs> yeah. I, I have One a light. I have power. a light pole up there. Yeah, we got to figure out. Power. I need a trencher and some other stuff. Tomorrow night live, right? Are we going live tomorrow night after the tomorrow after the thing? Okay, Ricky. Ricky's got. You follow Ricky on the. What what are we following you on? Where is it live? For the flat track racing. Ricky Barbeck. <laughs> yeah, is that is that that's how Siri says it too. Yeah, Brabeck. Brabeck, yeah. So, um, anyways, that's the uh, that's it. Do we have anything else to talk about? Does anybody else have any um, issues we need to bring up here? Because we answered absolutely zero motorcycle tech questions tonight. So that's that's. We asked uh, what oil should you use? <laughs> Mike Shirley, you had to bring that up. Johnny, what oil should you use? VP Power Sports Lubricants. Okay. Yep. Is that what you say, Sarah? Oh, yeah. VP all the way. Yeah. Logan? Whatever the dad sponsors. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Yeah, and I say you should have oil in your vehicle. That's the oil you should use. The, make sure it's in there. Yeah. We seriously got your near forks on your pit bike were leaking oil. And you had to add oil because they were just ee, ee, ee. The, the air forks? And your your uh, yeah they were they were working they were air forks but I put oil back in them and they became normal forks. <laughs> I didn't like my mechanics like my mechanic Kendall, Kendall my mechanic my mechanic should have been fixing my vehicles but he's not really my mechanic he's more worried about this motorhome world championship and Dakar racing stuff he's got <laughs> he's got side jobbing and stuff like that so. Um, okay, if you have any other questions for any of our guys, you're going to have a few more seconds to kind of toss them in there. We answer everything we were asked? Uh, pretty much, but we did answer a water and fuel question, so that's kind of a tech question. Um, Maybe. It's racing, it, it, fuel it's racing related, but then like yeah. really if, if you're getting water in your gas, actually, so you can go to dirtbiketest.com. It's this thing I used to be involved with or sort of maybe involved with. I don't know. Got to talk to the other guys. There's a Google Tech filter that Andrew should now carry with him all the time, and with that much water, it would actually spill out over the top. It, it, you know, that's a kind of a lot of water. But 
they were developed for like riding around in Africa and stuff to separate water out from uh, from gas. But um, and then, I mean, since some of the research I did, some of the bikes have better fuel filters that kind of help keep that stuff out. But with that quantity that they showed in his tanks, it was game over. I mean, it was way above the level it was uh, drawing and stuff like that. Um, Shauna Shauna Spicer Spencer says. Any tips for newbies making road books? Anybody here know how to do that? You got to take the class first. You got to take the class first. <laughs> Ricky Brabeck says you got to take the class first. Make road books, though. Um, actually, if you... Well, I know. I would say make them before you even know how to do it, and then send them to me, and then I'll make Ricky ride them. Because we need some stress. We need some stress here at this camp. We need some stuff that doesn't make sense. And, uh, and kind of... I'm gonna get I'm gonna get like ten brand new road books out out of this. We're gonna we're gonna have some fun next week. <laughs> so um, use RallyNavigator.com. Um, yeah, definitely go to RallyNavigator.com. They have some free software you can play with, and you're gonna get addicted, and you're gonna get the next level. And then if you're into it, there's a big surprise coming in the near future with Rally Navigator. Right? I heard about it. I might know something about this. It's good. Um, Me and Johnny, I'm trying to figure out how to give Johnny a lot of money. <laughs> and with, yeah, we, we did have a, a really fun kick-ass uh, tour on Monday. So we did. It was really fun. Uh, we had a good group of group of guys, and um, you know the sweep riders were excellent, of course. <laughs> awesome sweep riders. Oh, you have to sign up for the JLROffroad.com newsletter. JimmyLewisOffroad.com. Sign up for the newsletter. You will learn a little bit about a tour. We have that other sponsor. Um, what's the what's the what kind of bike do you ride, Logan? Um, KTM. What how, what is a KTM? <laughs> this is Logan's read right here. I'm gonna fact check him on. Did you practice? Um, the you practiced on last week's show. And the thirty seconds of uh, soundtrack. Okay. Oh, that's right. You did. Yeah, I heard you reading something. I, I wasn't paying attention. I was listening yeah. to the sound. So let it rip. Um, KTM is powered by a distinct ready to race mentality. And well, that was not a great start. No, that was that, that was it was, was exactly what it was. That's except for the next part. Oh, the uh, part you forgot because you yeah, didn't study. Yeah. Okay, how much can we um, make a bet, me and you? Like, let's bet something. I'll bet you that you can't read this perfect on the next show. Okay. What do you want to bet? Um, I don't know. You don't know. <laughs> oh. Okay, so okay, yeah, you're riding a 50 at the next school if you can't do it right. But what do you get out of me if you do it right? <laughs> no, I got, I got, I got, got a thing. Okay, so powered by a distinct ready race mentality, KTM is I'll, the world's leading high performance street and off road motorcycle manufacturer with North American headquarters based in Marietta, California. KTM is known. On the race tracks around the world, and but they built a reputation as a fierce competitor on the race tracks around the world, and is shown in every product that develops and every move it makes. But what about the brand's global remarkable global success? success? Yeah, what about that? That's there's more to that. What about the moves it makes? Uh, 
third. We butchered this whole thing. Oh, you're, yeah. gonna, you're gonna get canned if you don't, you don't oh, yeah. do this better. Okay, I tell you what. <laughs> either if you blow, if, it, not only if you blow it next time, are you riding a fifty of the next class? We're gonna get canned from this whole show. So, uh, anyways, with that, guys. Hey, thanks a lot for showing up. Uh, hopefully, we answered uh, most of your Dakar questions. I'm stoked these guys show up and uh, have a good time with us. Uh, it's not a real, it's not a real podcast. It's just a couple, you know cool times with good friends but everybody thanks for coming on thanks sarah thanks johnny thank you, thank you ricky brabeck for co-hosting tonight thank you national hare and hound champions uh kendall norman and jacob augie what else do we have on the show oh logan yeah. thanks logan you almost did your read pretty good yeah pretty good i mentioned sarah that one sarah second. price did i mention sarah oh yeah 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 sarah price for thank coming you. on hey cheer her on in the e-vehicle races i'm excited to see this uh, it should be pretty cool and especially on this road to dakar do you have a deal for Dakar uh, yet? No, nothing uh, for sure in place yet. But you're gonna have to sell everything. Determined. You're gonna have to sell everything Ricky has. Yeah, right. Yeah, his house, <laughs> his his Raptor, his Raptor. Yeah, all of his favorite things. His his UTVs. Well, oh, wait, oh, we're selling? A lot of stuff. Oh, I always have stuff for yeah, sale. Yeah. Ricky gets what? mad because his garage isn't big enough for me. And I told oh. him that one time, and I've never heard the end of it. Okay, so what? you got you to gotta throw out all your stuff. Where you burn fuel. Uh, Yeah. Well, I have, I have a lot of razors right now. I'm oh, for sale. Replenishing, and then, uh, yeah, we're, we're getting ready to... Where, where, do they, where do they find this all out? You know... On the Instagrams? Yeah, just direct message me somewhere if you're interested in razor yep. stuff. Um, Razor stuff. I I, have, I break mine every time I drive it. I should, <laughs> I should contact you. <laughs> I just uh, came up on a bunch of them that just keep sitting in my garage, and now I don't have a big enough garage, so got to get rid of stuff. So cool. Okay, everybody, thanks again. And uh, with that, we will uh, see you out on the trail. So cheers. So that exciting episode of Tech Talk Taco Tuesday was brought to you by Recluse. Recluse is a maker of incredible auto clutches and a whole lot more in the clutch department. They make street bike clutches. They make dirt bike clutches. They have clutches for your adventure bike. Some of them are auto clutches. They make a lot of replacement parts in the manual clutch, their torque drive system. There's little parts like slave units. There's protection parts. There's a left-hand rear brake, all kinds of stuff for your clutch and transmission, even oil. So if you need to know a little bit more about Recluse, you can always check them out at www.recluse.com. That's spelled R-E-K-L-U-S-E, proudly designed and manufactured in Idaho. Remember to support all of the sponsors that support this show, and we will see you in the next episode.